they are being indoctrinated by things because they want to feel superior. They're becoming the new Pharisees. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because um, one of the black Hebrew Israelites was going on and had a discussion with me about the about grace and the law and different things. So that said, in this, I'm not going to reference his name because we don't need to, you know, badmouth anybody here. You know, I'm trying to correct him in a loving way. But I also want to correct everybody who claims to be a black Hebrew Israelite or are looking into the black Hebrew Israelite movement because of these simple notions of Afrocentric culture. Afrocentric culture is basically when African people are trying to take every part of history and attribute it to Africa. For example, there's people in Africa that believe that they were originally the Native Americans. There's people in Africa that believe that they created the samurai or the katana, or they, they're the ones that invented things that had nothing, that have never been invented in Africa. So, going by these notes, you know, in history, we understand that Africa as itself was a very powerful place. It was one of the most powerful empires in the history of the world, you know, and on top of that, it ruled for many um, generations. There's many dynasties. You know, a lot of people want to say the pharaohs were black. A lot of people want to say that, you know, um, there were uh, the pharaohs were Greek. Others want to say that there were black and Greek that you know they inbred with each other to create relations, and um, not inbred, but you know they married each other to, um, you know, kind of like establish relations with uh foreign countries which has not been um which is not far seen from um what we would call uh kingship and lordship to uh these medieval times so the whole point of this conversation was a very simple one it was about the law and the law about the foods that the Jews didn't like to, uh, the Jews were not able to eat. That said, you know, certain pork um, would be one of them, things that can't be eaten with the curds of the feet. Um, there's another one where, like, you can't eat fish without scales. You can't eat bottom dwellers of the, the ocean, so, like, crayfish and lobster and stuff like that. And... A lot of the stuff that was in here, like rabbits and stuff like that, were basically meant to try to keep, one, the Hebrew bodies pure, and two, God had a reason why calling these animals unclean. But, again, this is uh, an Old Testament scripture, you know, and this was based on the law of Moses. And what we do understand in the New Testament is Jesus proclaimed different things from the Old Testament to the New Testament, such as that, 
What goes in your mouth doesn't defile a person, but what comes out of your mouth will stay with that person forever. In that case, a lot of people, and even in biblical commentary and different versions of the Bible, many different versions, say that that verse alone is Jesus saying that he purified all all foods, saying you can eat whatever you want. Now, when we go to the Old Testament, pork, for example, was considered to be an unclean food. Now, did Jesus eat pork? Most likely he wasn't. He didn't because he was a Jewish person. Um, The Jewish Messiah probably would follow the law. He completed the law and fulfilled it. But there was different traditions in Judaism. There was the moral tradition, the oral tradition, and the written tradition. And not all these traditions were met because some Jews didn't follow all of them. Some followed only the Torah. Some followed um, all three traditions. And it continued to go on through history like this. When Jesus came, he referenced a lot of the traditions that the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin were doing and actually claimed them that they were following the traditions that honor themselves but don't honor God. So now we go back into what the foods and the cleanliness and stuff happened. Now, this all happened because one person ended up stating that they are very grateful that they are under the grace of God. So this said person ends up, the black Hebrew Israelite person, basically claims that what does the grace of God have to do with not following the law, you know, and all this other stuff that clearly he had no indication of what the New Testament was saying. So we go into scripture. So we reference these scriptures, Acts 10, Acts 15, Galatians 2, and Matthew 15. So when we reference all these scriptures, it explains a very explicit amount of um amount of um, order of what Jesus and the apostles were proclaiming. In one sense, the Gentiles are not subject under the law. Um, In Galatians, Paul corrected Peter. He rebuked him to explain that the Gentiles didn't grow up with the law. And because they didn't grow up with the law, they shouldn't have to abide by the law. But if they choose to follow the law, the law would be written in their hearts. If their law is written in their hearts, then they can follow the law, but they're not following the law because they need to follow the law. They're following the law because in their heart they feel that this is what God would want. And then when you go into Acts 15, that is the Council of Jerusalem where they even agreed. The whole entire Council of Jerusalem agreed that the Gentiles are not subject under the law, even though a lot of the Jewish people wanted them to be subject under it. Um, It was decreed that the Gentiles would not have to be subject under it. We reference down going into Romans 11, where it explains the grafting of the Gentiles being into the tree. The grafting of the Gentiles was basically because the Jewish people rejected the Messiah 
and they rejected the gospel, which was the form of salvation that God has proclaimed for the lost sheep of Israel. Because the lost sheep of Israel were rejected at that point, um, or the lost sheep of Israel rejected Jesus at that point, or many of them did, um, Paul explains that he provoked the Jews to be jealous by giving salvation to the Gentiles and expanding the adoption of the Gentiles into the grafting of the tree. This didn't go well with the black Hebrew Israelite person I was talking about. He was saying I was misinterpreting it. Even though I had to explicitly go into the entire verse for him to explain it. Before I go into that, we'll go a little bit more into the foods. It is later explained in the Bible that the food should not be, the food that we shouldn't eat is blood and food sacrifice to idols. So food sacrifice to idols and blood, um, food of blood we shouldn't be eating. Those are the two things that were in the New Covenant that have been stated that we shouldn't that we should abstain from. Now a lot of people are worried about eating a rare steak or something like that. Um, one thing that we've I've been kind of back and forth about, and anybody can correct me with this because I'm still fully unsure about this. But when you cook a steak, the the blood liquid of that will eventually be evaporated so the redness that comes from the steak is actually hemoglobin and the hemoglobin that comes from the steak is actually fine for us to eat from what i've been taught now i don't know if that's a hundred percent certain or true um but that's essentially what i've been explained and the explanation of that would basically mean that if you want your steak rare, you can have your steak rare because it's not exactly blood you're eating, it's hemoglobin because the blood would have been evaporated from that point. And you're just eating the juices and the fats from the steak that are mixed um, with the redness of the steak, which is creating it that bloody texture that makes it look like blood. Um... Obviously, I think if the the uh, steak is severely undercooked, if you have more of a blue rare steak or like an ultra blue rare steak, you're probably going to be enticed to be drinking or eating some of the blood in the steak. I am not 100% certain I'm not a chef. Now, at that point, this person revoked his comment on me after I told him to reread verse 11 because he said I misinterpreted it. So after he said I misinterpreted it, I requoted the entire verse for him, which is this. In Romans 11, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Continues, well said, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And because you stand in faith, be not haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. 
Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God. On those who fell toward you severity in his goodness, otherwise you may be cut off. And also, if they do not continue to unbelief, that they may be grafted in again. For if a, sorry, for if you were cut out of an olive tree which was wild by nature and were grafted into contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more of these natural branches will be grafted into their own olive tree. In this verse, we have to understand numerous different aspects of this. One, the natural branches which were cut off were showing that the Jews, being the natural branches, were cut off from the gift of salvation, and the Gentiles were grafted into salvation. But it's telling us at the same point that if we do not follow in the goodness of God, that we may be grafted out of them and be cut out just as the natural branches were cut out. The Jews and the Gentiles are no better than each other. We're all sinners, and that is something that Paul has explained. All people are sinners. So if we are able to lose the salvation from the adoption of the olive tree, then we all have to be certain that we're following a law. But the law is not the law of Moses. We're following the law of Christ now, the new covenant. Now, Christ did say, the law of the prophets shall not cease. So, when he's saying that the laws of the prophets will not stop, he's not saying that, the laws of the, that we're following the laws of Moses, at least from my understanding, we're following the laws of Christ, which he took the, all the laws of all the prophets and perfected them to make it into one easy way to establish, to follow the law in the way that we need to be fo following it. This explains that that olive tree that they were talking about, the roots of it were holy. The roots of the olive tree or the roots of the tree that were natural branches being Jewish the Jewish roots are what is holding us up. It's what holds up the Gentiles. So we are not better than the Jews because they're the ones that are still holding us up. But it's the ones that have been predestined in the faith that have been holding us throughout that entire time. Abraham, King David, the people that came before Christ walked this earth. That said, it's clearly indicated that God never gave up on the Jews. But the black Hebrew Israelite ended up to refute my claim by quoting Psalm 147 verse 19, which 147 verse 19 is one verse, and because he only wanted to quote the one verse while well, I kept quoting chapters, I took his verse at face value. And his face value of that was saying that basically Sage said he showed his word to Jacob and his statutes and judgments on Israel. 
Now, that's the one that he quoted, but if you continue down to verse 20, this is probably the part that he actually meant, and the part that he probably meant was this. He has not dwelt with any other nation, and for his judgments they have not known him. Praise be the Lord. So in this verse, we have to realize the Psalm of David, 147, verse 19 through 20, which I am correcting him because he didn't use verse 20 in there. Um, they're using that as a term that basically he's saying that only Israel is saved. And Gentiles were never included into God's plan. However, during that point in time with Jacob slash Israel and his judgments, all of that pertained to Israel because Israel was completely disobedient throughout the majority of the Torah and the Tanakh. So when we're understanding the older books and we're understanding that they're focusing on the Israelites, that is the main purpose. However, there's been many prophets that have mentioned the Gentiles coming into the houses of Israel. So, I'll reference a few of those for you. Isaiah 66, for example, would prove them wrong. Because Isaiah 66, again, will reference the Gentiles. Zechariah, Haggai, and... Um, Galatians 3 are also remnants of showing that God's grace continued to the Gentiles. On top of the book of Jonah, the book of Jonah showed that Jonah had a hard heart and God wanted to reach out to the Assyrians to have them repent. And Jonah did not want to do that. So eventually, Jonah ended up coming to God and understanding that God had a plan and he did what he had to do. Now, even before that, we go into the book of Genesis, where Noah had his three sons, Shem, Jepheth, and Ham. And Noah got drunk in his vineyard, fell asleep, and Ham saw his father naked. There's a little misconstruing on there. There could be a little more things that happened, but we won't go into that. But at that point, Ham saw his father naked and got his brothers to try to show his father naked. The brothers backed up with a cloth, covered his father, and then his father said, Curse be Canaan, the son of Ham, and may them be the servant. And then on top of that, he said, May Jepheth enlarge and dwell in the tents of Shem. And... When we understand this, Shem was the one that was the zealous one. He was the one that was honoring God the best he could. Jepheth was what we know as the leader of the Gentiles. He went in, he had his kids Gomer, Ashkenaz, all this other stuff. Ashkenaz was usually balanced somewhere in um, the Salvic area or closer to Germany. Um, uh, G G um, G in uh, the geological sense. And even Hosea introduced God's word to the Gentiles and explained that. There's many, many verses in the Bible that says that the Gentiles will seek the Hebrew God and that the Gentiles will dwell in um, 
and sit with the, uh, we'll sit and dine with the Jews. So when we're understanding that God's plan was to originally come to the Gentiles, this black Hebrew Israelite person didn't believe it. So he goes against what the actual scriptures say because he wants to feel entitled, much like the Pharisees that were in the uh, New Testament. And unfortunately, when you look into the black Hebrew Israelite movement, they're actually becoming very militant, much, much like radical Muslims. So the reason why I'm bringing this up to you is not because I'm trying to condemn black people or I'm not trying to condemn any kind of African people or anything, but they're taking the word of God and they're twisting it because of simple things of a skin color that has been mentioned. Moses married an Ethiopian woman, for example. That doesn't mean the Israelites are African or Ethiopian. Um, Solomon even proclaimed uh, that he was only dark-skinned because he had to work in a vineyard his entire life when he was a child. So his skin got dark due to the sun. And I'm not saying Jesus is white. He definitely probably wasn't a white person. He was probably Middle Eastern. He probably looked more, you know, Iranian or, you know, something along those lines with a very dark or tannish skin. Um, but there's no way that you can look at Jesus and claim him to be an African. There's no way to look at the tribes of Israel and say that they were African. Abraham came from Mesopotamia, as I stated. When uh, Abraham came from Mesopotamia and Ur, if you reference where Ur is, it was in Iraq, today's Iraq, and he traveled to Canaan, and his offspring came from there. So any dark skin that came from there was due to the location that they were in. As the Abraham's family grew and the tribes started to grow and the slavery happened in Egypt, for 400 years before Moses arrived, what we have to understand is that these people were most likely Sumerians. Sumerians, Mesopotamians, possibly, you know, somewhere closer to the uh, Persian area. But they, from Abraham, he came from Iraq. If you actually go to Iraq, there's the ziggurat he, he was actually in. And then there's actually archaeological evidence that actually says that Abraham lived there. And it is believed that they even have the ruins of Abraham's house there, archaeologically. So, when we understand this black Hebrew Israelite movement, do not be put astray. Do not be indoctrinated. Do not think that you need to bow down to these people and pray to them and worship them and kiss their feet because this is one of the things that is happening to our society becoming a woke society. And I hate using that term woke, but it's that's the term that's used today and that's what everybody is starting to believe. So realize that 
I could go into history. I could go through all the different things that happened. I do not agree with slavery. I do not agree with that kind of stuff. But at that time in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that was a part of history. Every nation had slaves. Egypt had them. Uh, Persia had them. Babylon had them. So when we go into these references of slavery and we go into these references of how people lived and everything like that, what we need to understand is it comes down to what the Bible says and not what people want to interpret from the Bible. There's a difference between esegesis and exegesis. So when we go down to the black Hebrew Israelites, this movement that's occurring, do not believe these people. When I went to go understand why this guy was believing these things, I thought he was just a Jewish person that hated Christianity. A lot of Jews are brought up to hate Christians. That's just how they are raised. That's how some Jewish people um, were explained, that part of their Jewish faith is to hate Christians. But going on to understand how, how his mind process was, he was a black Hebrew Israelite. He was being a victim. He was looking at himself as, I'm a victim, my ancestors were slaves, there was this and that that happened, and I agree that this stuff is horrible stuff that happened to you know his ancestors, but it's not happening to him. In fact, he had a post where he was saluting and promoting and encouraging and loving this one guy in a civil war that apparently stated, I don't know how true it is because I don't believe TikTok videos, but stated that he only went into the, rev uh, the civil war, the only reason why he did it is because he wanted to kill as many white people as he could and get away with it. And that shows me that he is more racist than any white person or any Latino or any Asian or any other nationality or race that you can ever see because he promotes the killing or almost a genocide of a specific color of people. That said, on my mother's side, I have Jewish blood in me. Right? Am I a tribe of Israel? I have no idea. Am I Jewish in nature? Do I follow Judaism? No, no, I'm a Christian. But Christianity is a branch of Judaism. That's what we have to understand. Without Judaism, Christianity didn't come because Jesus was a Jew. So we have the Judaism, we have Christianity. We have all of this coming in, and what was even stated? There's neither Jew nor Greek, no slave nor free, right? No male or female in Christ Jesus. And when we understand that, we understand one specific purpose in here is that we're all people, we're all united, and we all need to be united under God. But there's a very narrow path that we need to follow. And the path of indoctrination is the path that's going to lead us into 
the wrong path. It's not going to lead us into a narrow path. It's going to lead us into a wrong path, away from God, and to become hated, to be hateful people to all these other people. And that's not what Christianity is about. It's about loving your neighbor. And I approached this guy with the amount of kindness as I could, even though I was slightly blunt with him, I tried to approach him with kindness, and I tried to explain to him what these biblical texts meant. I also explained to him the best I could, but he didn't want to hear it. And as Jesus says, he who has an ear, let him hear. So I had to brush my, my feet away and walk away from the situation because he refuses to hear. So, what I'm trying to say to all of you is don't be indoctrinated. Do not follow these doctrines that are misleading you from Christ. And I'm not just talking about black Hebrew Israelites. I'm talking about any kind of indoctrination, whether it's black Hebrew Israelites, Calvinism, Arminianism, Lutheranism, Catholicism, Orthodoxy, um, Jehovah's Witness, Mormonism, uh, you know, Seventh-day Adventist, um, going down to certain Pentecostal, uh, branches that have wrong doctrines, uh, you know, when we go through every single one of these features and these functions, there's one thing that we have to understand is that we have the Bible, and the one thing that I... And the one thing I disagree with Protestant theology and Protestant doctrines is they say sola scriptura, yet they pull everything. They're saying solely the Bible, solely in scripture, and they're pulling everything out of doctrines when the doctrines need to be corrected and reformed to make it so they make better sense in the Bible. So, whether you agree with me or not, this might make me lose followers, this might make you not like me, and I am deeply sorry if I offend you, but the point is, is that God wants us to follow his word, and his word is essential to our belief, to our fellowship with him, to our relationship with him, and to our honor to him. The word of God is what we need to follow. To love, honor, and worship God, we need to understand his word, not understand the commentaries of people trying to interpret something, because as Peter said, we must obey God rather than men. And if you're going to obey men, then you have the problem right there. The problem is indoctrination. So I'm not saying all doctrines are false, and I'm not saying all doctrines are bad. But when a doctrine is presented to you, verify the doctrine with the Bible. Don't verify the Bible with the doctrine. The Bible needs to be standing in judgment over any piece of paper or doctrine that is trying to interpret the Bible for you. But because people have been led this and spoon-fed this their entire life, they do not fully conceive or conceptualize what this doctrine is or what the doctrines explain or how heretical they are. 
Don't indoctrinate yourself. Move forward. Uplift yourself. Pray to God and let the Holy Spirit guide you through the scriptures. I'm telling you right now, God is going to be so happy when he sees you open up your Bible and start reading his word. God bless every single one of you. And if you have any questions or concerns, feel free to email me, ministermartyr at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram. I just post a bunch of like music videos and stuff like that. It's kind of interesting to watch sometimes. If you ever want to DM me, just feel free to DM me. Um, so you got my email, you got that, and my Twitter is at Minister Martyr. The at symbol and then Minister Martyr, you can DM me there as well. God bless you all. Have a great rest of your week and have a good night.